Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. I didn't expect to get up so quickly. Sorry, Jana. Now I'm ready. (laughs) Welcome, everybody. You know, I want to say good morning because I'm used to speaking in the morning, but it's night time, isn't it? It's a different atmosphere. I like it. The worship was amazing tonight, wasn't it? We were reminded that God is a good, good father. Tonight, I'm going to speak about all things new. And it's just carrying on the series that we've been doing over the past few weeks. We've had preachers talk about new life. We've had preachers talk about new security, new purpose, and Phil spoke last week about new realm. Can I encourage you, if you've not heard any of those messages, to listen to them on the podcast? Because actually, they're not a message for Sunday night. They're actually a life message. They're a life message that takes you from Sunday through the week to the following Sunday. They're things to really get embedded into your mind, into your heart, and into your soul. Phil said last week that Arena Church believe that the Bible is God's word, yeah? It's alive, it's active, and it's relevant. Tonight, I want to use it to draw on some real-life application verses to change life. My title tonight is All Things New, New Mind. Do you know, the mind refers to the part in the brain that makes you think, that makes you feel, that makes you understand that makes you aware of what's going on. There's some funny things to say about the mind. I feel like I'm going out of my mind. Has anybody felt that way before? I'd like to go out of my mind, but I can't find the exit. Out of sight, out of mind. I don't want to draw attention to my son on the front row, but often when he's not with us, out of sight, out of mind, and we don't know where he is, he doesn't communicate. I'm just joking, Jack, it's okay. If it pops in my mind, it's going to come out of my mouth. Anybody have that? You don't have quite a filter. It comes in your mind and then it comes out. Ben is great at those moments. We're often sat around the table... I've got to say, it's often with Tim's parents or his mum now. Something comes out of his mouth and I go, why? Why in this moment did that have to come out? It's normally not one we want his grandparents to hear. My sister's also great at it. It's obviously where Ben gets it from. So as a family, we were once going to a, um, so well, some friend's house. Now, the house that we were going to was really posh. You had to mind your P's and Q's. It was china on the table. And Claire and I, my sister, were in the back seat of the car. And my mum turned to my dad and she said to him, I really don't want to go here tonight. I really don't want to go. So we walked through the door and the lady of the house greeted us. And she said, it is lovely to see you. And my mum said, we have been so excited about coming. My sister in that moment said... Mum, you said you didn't want to go. You didn't want to come here. 
I can kind of understand why my mum said it, because actually, now that I am a mum, I don't always want to take the boys to places that are posh or where they're going to embarrass us. But actually, in that moment, my sister had something that came into her mind that came out of her mouth. It was awkward. It was embarrassing. The mind is powerful. It's a strong asset, but it can be your biggest weakness. I think never before has the mind been spoken about so much in terms of your state of mind or mental health. You know, it's sad to say that one in four adults struggle with mental health and actually one in 10 children struggle with mental health. Those statistics haven't changed recently, but sadly what has changed is the way in which people cope with it. In my day job, I am a children's nurse. I'm actually an end-of-life children's nurse and a bereavement support nurse to follow. And actually, some of my job is about planning for end-of-life, and then some of it is about dealing with sudden death. And it's sad to say that I see the reality of people that can't cope with life. It's children, it's teenagers that say, I can't cope, and they suddenly take their life. It's a real problem. And it's sad. And parents will often say, we didn't know there was a problem because they never talked about it. I guess really, we're starting to catch on to this, that people need to talk about their feelings and their problems, aren't they? I don't know if you've noticed, but on ITV at the minute, there's a campaign called Britain Get Talking. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah? So you're watching the telly and all of a sudden, it goes silent. Now, when this first happened, I was like, Tim television's broke but actually what I realized was it was a moment of silence so that people in the room would talk to one another it was a way to get talking and so tonight we are going to talk about the mind we're going to put God's word into how we feel so that actually when we start to have problems when we start to have thoughts we can replace them with the truth of what is in God's word. I'm going to talk about the new mind, a new mind, in specific areas. Some that are challenging for people and then a generic area where some of us struggle. It'll come to light as we go through. Just before I carry on, I want to pray if that's all right. I just want everybody just to close their eyes and in this moment, let's just pray. Lord, we acknowledge that this message can be difficult in terms of talking about the mind. But we want to thank you, Lord, that in your word, there's some real life application that we can apply to renew our mind. Lord, I ask you that I will get out of the way and that your words will fall afresh on people's ears. Lord, help them to have listening ears to really absorb what is being said. Amen. So I'm going to give you some real life application from God's word to real life problems to build coping mechanisms. In effect, a first aid kit. I could have said a tool kit, but I'm a nurse, so I'm going to use a first aid kit. You know, as a nurse, when we dress a wound, what we do is we look at the wound. We don't just stick a plaster on it. We look at the wound and what we want to do is enable it to heal from the inside upwards. Yeah, we're going to use different dressings to make sure we can heal it so the infection doesn't creep in. 
Now it's the same with my mind. Unfortunately, we can't just stick a plaster on it anymore. We have to embed truth into it so that healing can take place, resilience built, and we can stop negative thoughts accumulating. Now I just want to acknowledge, with a wound, you have to use different therapies to be able to make it better, different dressings. I also want to say with the mind, we have to sometimes use different things to be able to make it better. Now there is nothing wrong if you need medication, there is nothing wrong with counselling, I'm a bereavement counsellor. But what I want to do tonight is put God's word into the mix of renewing your mind. Shall we start building our first aid kit to keep us healthy minded? So the specific areas that I've chosen are the ones that are the most common cause of affecting your mind. And I'm going to look at anxiety first. Now, I don't know if people in this room have ever had anxiety. I'm going to be honest with you, tonight coming in the car, I felt anxious about preaching. It's a real thing, isn't it? Sometimes it's mild and sometimes it's severe. Mine was mild tonight. And actually what it made me do was switch off me and pray to God. Sometimes though anxiety can have a constant an effect on daily lives. I want to give you this verse for your first aid kit. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. I'm going to read that very beginning bit again. It says, do not be anxious. It's a command. It's not a choice. Don't be anxious about it. Pray about it. And this is what I love. It says, with thanksgiving. You know, normally when we're thankful, it's because we've received something. Actually, it's thanksgiving in the fact that we will receive it. You know that you will receive it because you're asking God for it. We've sung, he's a good, good father. He will give you the peace that you need, but you need to go to him for that peace. The second verse in your first aid kit is 1 Peter 5, 7. It's a well-known verse. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This verse we used over Jack's life. When Jack was between three and four, maybe five, he started to get, I would say anxious, but actually probably more homesick. So if he wasn't at home, if he wasn't with his mummy and his daddy, he didn't like it. He got a little bit anxious. There was one night where we needed to go and stay at his grandparents. And that was because I think I was on a night shift and Tim must have been out early the next day for work. And so we'd gone and we said goodnight. And he knows what's coming because he's laughing. And he'd got into bed and they'd made the decision that Ben and Jack would share the double bed. And so I phoned mum to see if he was okay. And she said, well, he keeps coming back down. So I've prayed with him and I've taken him up. But he's okay now because he's got into bed and Ben has said to him, and I think Ben was probably about three, Jack, I'll hold your hand. So in order for Jack to get to sleep, he's going to kill me afterwards. In order for Jack to get to sleep, they held hands. The problem was in the night, he lost Ben's hand. And so he started to scream, Ben, Ben, I can't find your hand. They held hands and Jack fell back to sleep. 
What I realised, though, was that his brother couldn't always be with him. And so we needed to teach him that actually there was a way to get rid of this anxiety, this worry. And we started to sow, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Every time he became worried about going to school or staying somewhere, we would go through this first and we'd pray. And then there was a day where Jack had gone off to school and I'd come back to the house and I was tidy in his room. And I saw underneath his first that we'd written above his bed a story. Underneath that there was a picture and this is the picture. It was a fisher boat and in it there was a fisherman and he was holding a rod with a fishing line and the line went into like a big pool of water. So Jack had drawn the verse, basically, and when he came home, I said to him, mate, I like your picture. And he said, you know what I'm doing, mummy? He said, I've decided that instead of um, taking this thing back, this like worry, he didn't know what to call it, I'm giving it to Jesus, and I am not going to reel it back in. How amazing is that? It made a difference in his life. You know, when we speak the word of God into our lives, things change. We start to develop a mindset. Worry is also another area that can creep into our mind. Worries are a normal part of life. An unexpected bill drops through the doorstep. You're not expecting it. You might start to get worried. A job interview, you might start to get worried. A first date, you might start to get worried. Sunday night, I have a moment of worry. I'm being honest. I don't know what I'm going to go into on a Monday morning. And so I start to get a little bit worried But it's what we do with that worry, isn't it? Normal worry can become excessive when it's persistent and when it's uncontrollable. Our minds start to run away with the what ifs and the worst case scenario. When I was growing up, we had um, my best friend live next door and her mum was a worrier. She got to the point though that she would worry when she wasn't worried because she wasn't worried. (laughs) Chronic worry, it's a mental habit. And actually, professionals say it can be broken. You can train your mind. Let's give you a Bible verse for worry. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says this, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. This is the verse I use every single Monday morning, and I'm not lying, it's true. I walk into work and I go, God... You are going before me. And then when the phone rings and I might need to go to A&E, I say, Lord, you are not going to forsake me in this moment. You're going to help me. You see, he promises to always be with us. He will never leave us. Let's have a look at Matthew 6, 34. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. I love how the Passion Translation puts it. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. You know, just a thought. If you've got time to worry, then you've got time to pray. You've got time to apply apply these verses to have a different mindset. Let's have a look at depression, another specific area that can really affect the mind. At times, everybody feels low, sometimes upset and sometimes sad. Actually, that's quite normal. But depression is where you persistently feel sad for weeks and for months. 
It's not a sign of weakness, you know. It's a real illness. But the good thing is, it can get better. David felt downcast. I love that you read this verse earlier, Jono, because I'm going to read it now. Because to me, it's a coping mechanism. I'm going to read it. And what you'll notice is that when David felt downcast, he called out to God. Psalm 40, 1 to 3 says this. I waited and I waited and I waited some more patiently, knowing God would come through for me. Then at last he bent down and listened to my cry. He stooped down to lift me up out of danger from the desolate pit I was in, out of the muddy mess I'd fallen into. Now he's lifted me up into a firm, secure place and steadied me while I walk along his ascending path. A new song for a new day rises up in me every time I think about how he breaks through for me. The imagery in this verse is how David dealt with depression. And it's how you can sometimes feel when you feel low. You feel like you're sinking and you feel like you're in a pit. But actually, when we call to God, when we have faith in him, you can find stability once again. And you're able to sing a new song. You know, his mercies are new every morning. Let me give you a verse for your first aid kit when it comes to depression. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Do not be dismayed, discouraged, depressed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Can I encourage you, sow this verse into your mind. God's on your side. He will strengthen you. He will help you. He will lift you. He'll hold your hand. And actually, like Ben let go of Jack's hand or Jack let go of Ben's, God won't do that. He will always hold your hand. Place your trust in him and you can sing a new song. The new tape in your mind will be, I can do this, not I can't do this, because God will give me the strength that I need. Let's have a look at stress. Who's ever felt stressed in this place? Okay, about one of you. I feel really bad because I have felt stressed. (laughs) It's one of those moments where you start to feel like you're going out of your mind. Last year, I had a bit of a time where I felt a little bit stressed. And if I could have, this would have been the memoji, is that how you say it? That I would have put up, but obviously the app's only just come out now. Can we see it? That's what I look like, probably last December. We were moving house, uh, work was a little bit pressured, and there was some other stuff going on in the family. And I felt stressed, you know when you don't know which way to turn? And I said to Jack, oh mate, I feel really stressed, I don't know what to do first. And he said, mom, chill one thing at a time and I was like okay and then Ben walked through the kitchen and literally said to me mum have you prayed about it you know when your kids tell you to pray about and you've not done it first it doesn't make you feel great the next moment was my cousin Sarah phoned and I answered it and I started to go on and on about everything I was stressed about she said I'm driving right now and what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull in my car and I'm going to stop and I'm going to drop and I'm going to pray for you she said I suggest you do the same You know, sometimes you need to have friends in your lives that will challenge your thinking. Sarah did just that in that moment. She said, Helen, stop, drop, pray. Do something about it. How many times do we carry on going out of our mind when what we need to do is seek him first? We need to stop, we need to drop, and we need to pray. 
And then we need to use the Word of God to speak to the stress in our lives. Here's your Bible verse for your first aid kit when it comes to stress. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says this, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me and I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. An oasis, it's water in a desert, isn't it? That's exactly what that picture is. He'll refresh you. He'll give you what you need. Come to him. Now, you might not have been affected by any of these subjects that I've already said, anxiety, worry, depression, stress. But here's the generic cause that can affect your mind. I didn't know how to put this into words and I was going through my preach idea with Phil and he said, oh, you mean like the rogue thoughts? And I said, that's exactly it. The rogue thoughts, thoughts that creep into your mind and all of a sudden affect your mindset. I don't think any of us are immune to rogue thoughts. You know, the human mind is a funny thing. One day it's your best friend. The next it's your worst enemy. I'd like to change that quote a little bit and say it's not a day, is it? It can be a moment. All of a sudden thoughts crop into your mind and they say this, I'm not loved, I'm not valued, don't like myself. They said that to me, they meant this. Who's done that before? I can't do this anymore. This morning I woke up and I just feel flat. Yeah, these thoughts, these rogue thoughts come into your mind. You know what you need to do with them? You have to take them captive. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 for your first aid kit is this. We demolish arguments and every presentation that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Listen, we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. In other words, you have something, you have a chance to do something about those thoughts. You can take them captive if they're not pleasing to God. Can I suggest you do that before they drop from your mind and into your heart? Because then you start to take them on board. This is what you do. You go, I'm not loved. Hey, actually, the word of God says, he so loved the world that he gave his only son, John 3, 16. I'm not valued. Well, actually, Proverbs 31 says, you are more valuable than rubies. I don't like myself. Psalm 139, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I can't do this anymore. Hey, in your weakness, I'm strong. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. I woke up this morning and I just feel flat. Well, Lamentations 3, 3:22 says, my, nurse, my mercies are new for you every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Take captive every thought. It's a continuous tense. Every time they pop into your mind, replace it with the word of God, that real life application. Take a hold of it and speak truth into it. Your first aid kit application verse is this, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this mind. In other words, don't be part of that statistic that says, I can't cope. Be transformed. A final verse for all of us that we need to put in our first aid kit is this. Psalm 46, verse 10. It's a well-known psalm. Be still 
and know that I am God. You know, that be still section, that, those two words, doesn't mean, you know, like when we used to play musical statues and you had to be still. It doesn't mean be still like a statue. And it doesn't mean be quiet either. What it means to get the understanding of it, you have to go back to the Hebrew, which is Rapha. And it says to be weak, to let go and to surrender to him and to know that he is God. He is the all-knowing, he is the all-loving God who loves you, who will not leave you. You need to surrender to him and then just simply sink into his presence and be renewed in him. Allow his peace to wash over you. Seek him. Know that he is God. I want to conclude and as I do, I want to remind you of a few points that you need to take away with you. Tonight I've started your spiritual first aid kit. Don't let it get out of date. Don't let it expire. Get to know these verses that we've talked about. Getting them embedded in your mind because that will help you to build resilience. When When your mind needs renewing, make God your first contact point. Stop, drop, pray and seek him. When a thought comes into your mind and you need to alter your mindset, take it captive, replace it with the truth, replace it with the word of God that we've gone through tonight. If we fill our minds with the grim, we can hardly set our minds on him. If we fill our minds with him, with God's word, then through him, we will have the victory and a new mind will prevail. I'm going to ask the band just to come up. And as they do, I just want you to close your eyes. You know, when we put our faith in Jesus and we decide to follow him, to allow him to be Lord and Saviour of our lives, God comes and lives within us through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes a difference to the mind. He powerfully works inside us to strengthen us, to counsel us, to guide us and to comfort us. Tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your lives. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to stand. And I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand if you want Jesus to be part of your life. I want you to know that he'll make a difference, that he'll change your mindset. Just raise your hand if you want to know him.